With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the Get Better Wellness Radio Show. Today is April 12th, and I'm your host, Erin Chamerlick, the Real Food Revivalist, coming to you live from Chicago. And I just want to jump right into the show. Um, I have a few comments before I'll bring our guest in, but if you listen to my show, you know that I believe God created our bodies to be self-healing, and we should be enjoying health and vitality well into those golden years. But something has gone very wrong in our society, that we're sick and fat and tired and toxic, and we don't know why. So today uh, we are going to talk about a very life-saving topic, and it's called cutting-edge strategies for destroying cancer. So we um, know that we are you know, in a, having a problem here with new cases of cancer uh, in the U.S. being 1.6 million and 13 million worldwide this year. So, and the rate is doubling and tripling, and it's quite frightening that, you know, if cancer is going to strike one in two or one in three people, you know, what's your plan? Are you just sitting around and waiting to see what happens, and then you'll just fall into, you know, the medical system? Well, now is the time to understand and learn about your options. Um, you know, in Natural News this week, they were um, reporting that um, because of federal sequestration, April 1st marks a day where it's going to be impossible for many cancer clinics across the country to administer the conventional care because some of these drugs are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of per year, and even one uh, colorectal cancer drug is like 132,000 per year. Well, who can afford that? It doesn't work, and we're going to talk about things that do work to help us prevent and treat cancer and beat cancer. And this is cutting edge. Um, I would like to introduce um, our guest for today. His name is Dr. David Jockers. Welcome, Dr. Jockers. Hey, it's great to be on here with you, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'll just tell um, the folks a little bit about you. Uh, for one thing, you're helping people reverse cancer. <laughs> and, um, you know, in your clinic there in uh, Georgia, People seek you, you know, for many things, so this is just one um, of your areas of expertise. But um, Dr. Jockers is a sought-after speaker around the country, and we were benefited uh, by his uh, presence here recently in northern Illinois when he came to um, do a talk here to um, a very receptive audience. Um, Dr. Jockers is a maximized living physician. He's a member of the performance enhancement team that went to the Olympics recently um, to help our athletes in London. Um, he's a corrective chiropractor, nutritionist, exercise, physiologist, um, and many other things. But 
He currently owns and operates Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, and he is the host of Supercharger Health on Atlanta Radio. So I know that he's a prolific author. I've been reading articles for years that um, Dr. Jockers has written on things like natural news, and he also um, work, does work in writing for Natural Health 365 and DrX.com, as well as a newsletter and an upcoming book. Isn't that right? What you have a book coming out soon? Yeah, it's going to be called Supercharge Your Brain. All right. We'll be sure to pick that up. Do you know when that is due to be released? Yeah, it should be out later on this summer. Okay, awesome. Well, we can take this any direction you want. Um, I just know, you know, when I started putting this on Facebook and, you know, my um, opinion, my strong opinions about things like this, um, that people said, but, you know, how – how does a person decide when they're faced with a diagnosis what they're going to do? And I just said you can't wait till you're diagnosed to decide. You need to start, you know, implementing some things and getting things in place. So first of all, you don't ever have that diagnosis, but so that you're informed if you do what what your steps are going to be. So where would you like to start? Yeah. Um, well, what I'd like to start with saying is that although you know I've helped a lot of people with cancer, heal cancer naturally, I don't ever claim to treat cancer or to cure cancer. Instead, our whole philosophy is let's turn the power on, let's get the body healing the way it's supposed to, and when it's functioning and healing the way it's supposed to, things like cancer, which you know, is really, um, <clears throat> it's really not supposed to be there, um, yeah, they go away and uh, the body gets well naturally. And so clearly, though, people are so sick and, and dysfunctional that we've got to use some cutting-edge strategies to get the body healing the way it's supposed to and functioning the way it's supposed to. But once we get balance and homeostasis in the system, the natural immunity takes over and starts to just destroy the the cancer cells, the, the extra growths, and uh, starts to really reprogram the DNA the way, the way it's supposed to. And that's really our strategy and our philosophy with it. And I completely agree with you, Erin that ultimately we want to live every single day like we got the diagnosis. And so for myself, it was like a wake-up call when um, when I looked at my face and I saw that I had basically, I mean, I'm a doctor, I didn't get this diagnosed, but I know enough to know what's normal, what's not normal. And um, I had a small little skin cancer on my face, and uh, I was looking at it every single day. And it was kind of a wake-up call. And although I was living a healthy lifestyle, there was definitely aspects of my lifestyle that you know, that I, that I knew I could improve. And, uh, you know, I just took the mindset that I'm going to live every single day as if I was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Um, and I'm going to live that way every single day for the rest of my life. And that way, I never end up getting there. And, you know, the great thing that you find with it is you actually feel amazing. My energy has doubled since then. My mental clarity, brain function, all of those things have improved. My mental, emotional, um, spiritual life has improved. So I've gotten all of the side benefits but at the same time, I've turned my body into a powerful cancer-killing machine that it was really designed to do. And so that's how we want to live every single day. We definitely don't want to wait till we get the diagnosis. We don't want to wait until everybody around us, our family, is freaking out. Um, we've got doctors literally uh, scaring us into uh, certain types of, of treatments and care. That would be the last thing we'd want to do. Live every single day as if um, you had the diagnosis now. 
Um, and that will give you the level of urgency you need to really maximize your health, maximize your full potential in life, and uh, and never get sick to begin with. I agree with you. That uh, living every day as if, you know, you were diagnosed with cancer, I can relate to that story, too. Um, as I was told, you know, I had some uh, carcinoma that needed to be operated on, and uh, I was so freaked out that I'm like, get me on the table, let's do it now. And the doctor was more than willing, oh, yeah, we can take you on Tuesday, and, uh, you know, I happen to have my Porsche payment due, too. But I just... Uh, Thank God that I was, you know, that night Googling, you know, Dr. Google, but I Googled my diagnosis and I'm reading thinking nobody is operating on this diagnosis and it wasn't even a true cancer. It just happened to have that carcinoma name. Um, so I was like a, you know, hair away from having surgery and tamoxifen. And um, so that, you know, if I was sort of on the path that brought me on 100% where why would I wait until I get a disease to eat, you know, to cure it? Let's eat that way now. And I think that's what you're saying. So, you know, I just don't think we're really uh, winning the race against cancer. Um, you know, I think, you know, maybe you would agree that some of the treatments are actually causing more harm than good. So let's talk about, you know, why isn't the body healing itself? If you know, that's the way God designed us. Why are so many people getting cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and why made and sick, I guess? Yep, great, great question, Erin. And, and so and that's really the fundamental question that everybody should ask themselves. If they have symptoms, if they have a diagnosis, that should be the question. Why is my body not healing itself and what does it need? And so clearly, you know, your conventional treatments are chemotherapy and radiation. But obviously, the body's not sick because it's lacking more toxic chemicals um, or radiation. That's not why it's sick. It's sick because it's already got too many chemicals. It's already got too much stress on it. So, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, things like that, you know, they they serve a purpose to a degree. And, uh, you know, they, they can definitely destroy cancer, but they never get somebody healthier. They never get to the cause. And really, the cause comes down to two major things toxicity and or deficiency, meaning mm -hmm. the person either has too much toxins in their body that are not being eliminated uh, effectively or or it, oftentimes both in, in combination with this, they're deficient in critical nutrients that their body needs to function at its optimal level. So oftentimes, really, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time with a cancer diagnosis, it's a combination of both. They're toxic. They've got too many toxins in, and uh, they don't have enough critical nutrients that they need. And you know, one of the best ways that I, I explain the toxic load is we all have a bucket, and it's called the toxic bucket theory. And so toxins are going in. I, I personally, I live, and I know, Aaron, you're like this too, I, I live as, as pure a lifestyle as you're going to find somebody in a 21st century America, um, yet I still have toxins going in. I live you know, in the suburb of Atlanta, so we've got um, airborne toxins going in. Um, there's environmental stressors and different things like that. So I'm accumulating toxins, but everybody has a hole in their bucket, and that is our detoxification systems. So that is, and that starts with our cells. Our cells have a certain antioxidant called glutathione that helps protect the DNA, and it helps uh, basically regulate enzymes that take toxins out of the cell. 
and then they get into the bloodstream and off, and they'll go into um, our excretory channels, meaning our kidneys, liver, um, our colon. And, uh, you know, we've got to make sure we're sweeping those things out and getting them out of our system. So we've got to have healthy liver function, healthy colon function, healthy uh, kidneys. Um, and so that's all very critical, healthy respiration. That's another excretory pathway. So we've got to make sure that those pathways are all open and that we know how to utilize them. And there's strategies we can use that we'll go into as we go on here to enhance the elimination of these toxins. And at the same time, we want to minimize the amount of toxins that are going into our bucket. Now, with most individuals, based on the typical standard American lifestyle, their hole is being jammed up, logged up. In fact, I had a consult with a, a lady today that um, has rheumatoid arthritis, chronic inflammatory autoimmune disease, and she told me that she goes to the bathroom, she goes, uh, moves her bowels about once a week. And so clearly that's a sign of just massively clogged up excretory channel. And uh, and so because of that, all the toxins are coming in and the bucket is overflowing. And we don't really get sick, I guess you could say. We're, we don't really have, have symptoms where we start feeling poorly until the bucket overflows. But the whole time we're accumulating toxins and we're not detoxifying them effectively, we are building disease. We are building sickness in our body. And so the key is to open up those excretory channels and minimize the amount of toxins going in. And then, of course, address any critical nutrient deficiencies. The most common deficiencies I see are vitamin D. Um, that's a, a very common one, especially in northern, uh, the, the northern climates like where you're at or in Chicago. So, in fact, if everybody optimized their vitamin D levels, got them over 60 nanograms per milliliter, and personally as a clinician, I like to see them um, up around 80 to 100 nanograms per milliliter. But if everybody got them over 60, that we could literally cut, research says we can literally cut the cancer diagnosis by 80%. There's no other nutrient that has yeah, anywhere near that level of clinical research behind it, really. I mean, vitamin D is, is something that's that um, has extensive research behind it. And if it was a pharmaceutical drug and it got results like that, I, you know, it would be a $100,000 <laughs> drug, and it would be blasted all exactly. over the place as having the cure for cancer. But because it's literally pennies, cost pennies to, to produce vitamin D3, um, because of that, it's really not even talked about. In fact, all the money that's put into cancer prevention, they don't even – all the vitamin D research was not – none of it had to do with anything to do with, with uh, the cancer prevention um, support groups. They, they, didn't, they didn't want anything to do with vitamin D. They're just focused on mammograms, more mammograms, more radiation, more, more chemotherapy, and things like that. So, um, so vitamin D is a critical deficiency that has to be addressed um, that if anybody's going to get a get blood work done, that should absolutely. That's probably the most important. That's more important than lipid panels. More important than any other blood test, in my opinion, would be a vitamin D test to see where you're at. Um, not that it's yeah. necessary, because if you supplement with, I, I recommend about 10,000 units for a day for an adult. You'll get it up where it should be. But if you wanted a test, that would be the ideal test. Um, other deficiencies. Probiot so just just bad bacterial systems, which is another common epidemic in our society. Um, so people are, are really deficient in things like organic acids, 
good bacteria um, and uh, and food for the good bacteria, so prebiotics. So those are the most common deficiencies that we're seeing. Um, and there's a lot now, of other ones that, that go in correlation with those. Let me back up one second about vitamin yeah. D because I don't want anybody to miss this, so I'm going to underline what you said, that this is the most important thing to get after. You need to know your vitamin D level. Everybody runs around worrying about their cholesterol level, which is a completely yeah. meaningless number. And the one that really matters, nobody is getting, and some doctors won't even order it if you ask. So I want to say, first, ask your doctor. The test is 25-OHD is what it's called. And um, if they won't order that test, then email me, um, Aaron at GetBetterWellness.com, and I can get you a test that, you know, it's a finger uh, poke test, very simple to do. You mail in your sample to the lab and you get your result back. And it should be over 60. Um, this is another place where the lab norm, quote-unquote, is wrong. They'll tell you you're fine at 30 and you're very deficient at 30. So get your results, um, have the you know lab report sent to you and make sure it's over 60. If not, then Dr. Jockers is saying supplement with 10,000 international units a day until you get up into the optimal range, and we will um, take care of you know 80% of cancers. And I know, like you said, studies saying we can avoid 17 different types of cancer if we have an optimal vitamin D level. So this is the number one thing. If you're taking notes, get vitamin D. <laughs> Yeah, and, um, absolutely. Now, you wrote in one of your newsletters or articles that I read that 85% of all cancer is caused by environmental influences. And a lot of people just throw their hands up in the air like, oh, my father had cancer, my grandfather had cancer, I'm getting cancer. And no, you know, genetics aren't the end of the story. They're just, um, you know, a, a part, a small part of it. But it's 85% environmental, what we eat, how we live, the toxins. And the, this is interesting. You said the National Cancer Institute budget um, for, you know, given to environmental causes is less than 10%. 10% of their budget is looking at 85% of the cause, which is crazy. Um, and only 1% of their budget looks at nutrition. So they're they're never going to get there with one percent of their money. You keep giving to all these causes that are really causes to get more people into the machine of mammograms and early detection. When we're talking about something completely different than early detection, we're talking about never get it. <laughs> exactly. So where um you know you can talk about like uh well why don't we talk about some of the exact foods that um you would recommend let's say a person walks into your clinic and they've got they've gotten the diagnosis um you know what are you going to be working on with them overall as you try and balance them and get them to a place of healing absolutely so somebody comes in uh with cancer and we probably have 20 people in my office right now with cancer so First thing is the right mindset. So fear is destructive. So getting them as much as possible, just trying to bring them hope and encouragement. And so we like to use testimonials. I like to put them in touch with other people at reverse cancer. So you know, if you're out there and you have the diagnosis, you want to seek out 
people that have beaten it naturally. And uh, so that way it gives you hope. It gives you encouragement. Get involved with your church. Get involved with people like Aaron, uh, people that are going to help really coach you and support you. That is so critical because I can give people all the best food in the world, but if they're just full of anxiety and fear and they're, they have self-sabotaging behaviors that um, that are getting in the way, then uh, you know what? All the superfoods in the world aren't going to do it. So that's the first step. Um, then as far as the nutrition goes, we've got to pull the sugar out. In fact, um, here's a great book I'm reading right now. It's called Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, and it's written by Dr. Thomas Seyfried. And uh, it actually expands upon a theory that a gentleman named Otto Warburg in the 1930s developed. And Otto Warburg actually won a Nobel Nobel Prize, and uh, what he had discovered was that cancer is really it's a metabolic disease. It's uh, it cancer cells thrive off of sugar. In fact, they they produce just about all their energy um, from a process called fermentation, from breaking down sugar molecules, or from um, in biochemistry they call it gluconeogenesis, breaking down amino acids into sugars. And that's how they produce it. And uh, and so they, they act a lot differently than normal cells. And so pulling the sugar and putting somebody on a ketogenic style of diet where it's extremely low-carbohydrate diet, and it's not excessive protein, it's not massive protein because the, the, sugar, the cancer cells can have a metabolic system to uh, break down amino acids into sugar as well, but it's more a high-fat diet, high-fat, good-fiber, and antioxidant-rich diet um, is, is so powerful. And I always tell people you can either feed the cancer or you starve it. It is an or- a living organism. You either feed it or you starve it, and it runs off of the sugar. So we've got to pull all the carbs out or as much as possible, loading up on good fat sources like avocados, extra virgin olive oil, extra virgin coconut oil, um, different things like that, good fats, Lots of clean proteins, um, so grass-fed beef, raw cheese, the Beyond Organic raw cheese, um, using things like organic eggs, and then tons of antioxidants, so lots and lots of vegetables. Some of the best vegetables that that are natural chemotherapy agents would be your cruciferous vegetables, although all green vegetables are, are powerful cancer fighters. Cruciferous are the best. So that's going to be like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kale, collard greens. Um, cauliflower has a lot of these unique components. And they they contain really about five major cancer-fighting nutrients. So you've got something called phenylisothiocyanates. And anytime you see a thio in something, you know it's got a lot of sulfur. And sulfur is really powerful for boosting things like cysteine, which helps produce glutathione. And we talked about that molecule earlier for protecting the DNA. So it literally protects the DNA. But at the same time, these phenylisothiocyanates also help destroy cancer cells. They help, dis- they help protect guardian genome, uh, something called P53 gene. Um, they-, they protect it from mutations. Um, there's also something called sulforaphane that's in these cruciferous vegetables. You've got antioxidants, carotenoid antioxidants like lutein and zeaxanthin that help protect cells because of their powerful free radical scavenging uh, effects. And then you've got um, things that help help uh, modulate 
artificial estrogens in the body, which play a huge role in something like breast cancer or uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer. And those are indole-3-carbonyl, indole-3-acetate. So these are real powerful compounds that you find when you have things like cabbage, particularly when it's fermented. So something like sauerkraut would be one of the best natural chemotherapy agents somebody could be putting into their body. Taking red or, or white cabbage, red is actually the best because it's also got anthocyanin, antioxidants. That's what actually gives it the red color. Another powerful cancer fighter. <clears throat> and so when you have something like sauerkraut, it's fermented, which uh, means that it, that the nutrients are more bioavailable. And it's one of the most powerful cancer-fighting foods you can put in your body. On top of that, you could do steamed broccoli, um, steamed Brussels sprouts, things like that. Um, you could also ferment those. You can ferment a whole bunch of different vegetables together and make assorted fermented vegetable blends, real powerful cancer fighters. Um, on top of that, uh, you also have things like citrus, like using fresh-squeezed lemon. And lemon has tons of vitamin C, has lots of citrus bioflavonoids that basically help destroy cancer as well, help uh, help get rid of bad estrogens in the system. And then lots of herbs, using things like turmeric. Um, turmeric's very, very powerful, anti-carcinogen. Um, Italian herbs, oregano, thyme, basil, rosemary, things like that, um, those aromatic herbs. Very, very powerful for boosting antioxidant potential. The antioxidants help protect the cells and help protect the DNA from mutations. So we want to starve out the cancer, and then we want to add in nutrients, really foods that are rich in good fats, lots of good fats to protect the cell, and lots of antioxidants. That is the key strategy with the nutrition. Yeah, there's um, a whole bunch of points in there that I... <laughs> are really important and you can't miss this because this is different than what you're going to be told by standard, you know, nutrition experts, quote unquote doctors. And Dr. Jocker said <laughs> that we have to eat a ketogenic diet. That is a very low carb diet, probably less than uh, 50 grams of carbohydrate a day. That means you're not eating bread and sugar. And a lot of times people want to feed their loved ones who have cancer milkshakes and comfort foods. This isn't the time for that. And we know cancer cells gobble up sugar. Cancer cells run on sugar. Um, because that's how they monitor your progress. They'll put the cancer patient through a PET scan, a PET scan, um, after they give them a radioactive sugar substance, and the cancer cells take up the sugar. And when the patient is put in a scanner, the cancer cells are going to light up because they're gobbling up sugar. So not everybody is making that connection that sugar feeds cancer cells, period. So we know uh, we shouldn't be putting, you know, sugar on our food. But Dr. Jockers, where else is all this, you know, sugar, this glucose that feeds cancer cells coming from? Yeah, people are getting it from, you know, obviously pro any kind of processed food uh, is going to have sugar in it. Um, it's also found in a lot of different sweeteners that people are using, you know, whether it's honey, whether it's agave, nectar, um, different things like that, brown rice syrup. And any grains, so bread, uh, you know, gluten-containing bread is the worst, but clearly you've got other kinds of breads or you have other types of grains, brown rice, um, even healthier grains like brown rice and quinoa. So
somebody with an advanced disease, we've got to take them off all of those things. Um, you've also got it in uh, in white potatoes and starches like that, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, so and squash. So we want to come off all the starches, all the grains, all that kind of stuff. And so I tell people to base their meals around good fats, antioxidants, and clean protein. So those are the three keys. So if they're making a meal, they want to make sure they've got good fats. So, for example, if they're making dinner, good fats, where are they going to get that? They can get it from coconut oil, from olive oil, right? They can also get a a, a good fat, um, clean protein combination like grass-fed beef or organic eggs. And then where are they going to get their antioxidants? Well, mostly from vegetables. So they want to load up on non-starchy vegetables, things like spinach, asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, um, cabbage, the different things that we already talked about. Um, then they can add more antioxidants by squeezing fresh lemon over the whole meal, adding in things like extra virgin olive oil, which has tons of polyphenol antioxidants that are powerful, lots of Italian herbs, things like that. So they can literally, um, you know, they can literally, you can literally eat grass-fed beef steak every day and destroy cancer, which which most people most people would not think, but that's exactly what happens. Um, in fact, um, the gentleman at my office. Young man, 23 years old. Um, that's that's exactly what he's been doing. So he's got venison that he's been using, and then beyond organic grass-fed beef, and that's really all he's eating, along with tons of vegetables. And uh, I've got him eating two meals a day, lunch and dinner. He's doing intermittent fasting, and uh, in six weeks, his brain tumor went from three and a half centimeters down to 2.9 centimeters. And so um, this was after surgery, lots of chemotherapy and radiation, and they weren't seeing any change. And so um, so just by starving it out, and he said he loves the diet. And so once, you know, it took him about a week or so, he was feeling real weak the first week. Uh, and before this, he was drinking like a gallon of sweet tea when he first came in my office every day. Oh, yeah, that sweet eating. tea down in the south. Yeah. <laughs> It'll kill you. Be careful with the sweet tea, exactly. Um so, you know, these are the things we got to get rid of. But, you know, the great thing is, you know, if you, if you talk to somebody who's doing it the right way, they'll tell you the food is great. You can still eat amazing food, enjoy it, and at the same time, you're starving off the cancer and maximizing your potential. Now, you and I both are fans of Beyond Organic because that is the place to get this beef that is grass-fed, but more important, the dairy um, is unlike anything you can get in any health food store because it is from A2 cows, which is almost like being a hypoallergenic type of dairy, but because it's grass-fed and the cheese is raw, um, you will find nutrients in there that are very healing and beneficial to the heart and to weight loss, like CLA, I'll mention um, my website, it's Swero, S-U-E-R-O dot mybeyondorganic.com, or you can visit my website and get there too. Um, now, were you sharing the Ryan Pruitt story when you were talking about the fellow with brain cancer, or was that a different No, person? actually, actually, uh, this is a different guy. His name's Chris Berger, but, uh, but Ryan Pruitt was another patient of mine. In fact, uh, Ryan referred Chris in. And uh, Ryan had a five-centimeter tumor, so even larger than Chris's. And, uh, you know, in a matter of a year, his tumor is gone. And just the same strategy, just, uh, you know, started starving it out. And, you know, there was we had a scare, actually, with Ryan about two months into care, about a month, about a month into 
protocols that I had him on, um, he started having seizures and had to go to the hospital. And uh, they did MRI, and they found that the cancer was shrinking and that fluid was getting getting lodged. The fluid was moving faster than it had been before because when the tumor was there, mm. it was it was stopping cerebrospinal fluid flow. And uh, and as the tumor started to go away, uh, he started his his brain. He started having reactions because the extra fluid that was coming off. And um, wow. and so it was a big scare. But we realized, hey, this is actually a great thing. So sometimes that's how healing works. Sometimes, not always like this. Sometimes you feel amazing. Sometimes you have just phenomenal results right from the start. Sometimes you have a scare like that, but it's actually the body doing exactly what it's supposed to do, healing and uh, and starting to improve function. And so that's what happened with Ryan. And actually, Chris, um, his first week or two that, that uh, I was taking care of him, he started having more seizures too. Fortunately, I've got the experience now. And I say, you know, I think this is, I think this is normal. I think this is, you're, you're doing fine. And uh, you know, he hasn't had a seizure in about four weeks now, and his tumor is shrinking. So, you know, depending upon what kind of chronic disease somebody has, and you know, they shouldn't always judge the healing process based on a, a symptom or something along those lines. But they just have to trust uh, a process. And uh, you know, when you're seeking out your health plan, your health program. You want to find a program that really works in line with your philosophy and your value system. And so both Aaron and I, we agree that you know, our philosophy that dictates the recommendations we give and how we work with people is that our body was created to heal itself, that you know, as long as we remove the interferences and we, and we get rid of the toxins and, and uh, obviously address the deficiencies like I talked about, that the body will take on its optimal form and then whatever response happens is the body doing what it needs to do to heal. And so that's what happened there with uh, with Chris and with Ryan. Now I know we probably have people listening who are in the middle of treatment or maybe they're about to. And when I talk with people, they don't know, you know, all the years of um, studying that you have done and all the information that you have about the power of, you know, getting the toxins out and getting the nutrients in and how we're just supporting the body to do what it naturally does. And so a lot of people are like, well, I think I'm going to do chemo and radiation and nutrition. So what do you think about combining conventional cancer treatments with a plan like yours? Sometimes it's, you know, I, I never get in somebody's way. If they they decide they want to do that, you know, it's their body. So they're the one that's going to make the decision. And in certain certain particular cases, like very fast-growing cancers, at times it's beneficial. But what the person always has to understand is that the chemotherapy is never really getting them closer to health. At best, it's buying them some time. So that's the reality of it. And, you know, with slower-growing cancers, I, I don't think it's it's – I really – personally, I would, I would never get chemotherapy and radiation on my body or on my family's body. Um, however, you know, everybody – is going to make their own decisions, and it can definitely be done. Um, you know, you can definitely get well doing both, um, but you're going to have to do more detoxification and more cleansing afterwards, just because of the toxicity of the chemotherapy itself. In fact, uh, there's a new a new cause of cancer out, um, and that is secondhand chemotherapy. They found that a lot of healthcare mm-hmm. workers, nurses, doctors are developing cancer, and the major toxin, the major causative factor is the fact that they are 
chemotherapists, that they are injecting and uh, providing chemotherapy for others. And so because they're around that, they are breathing in toxic chemicals. Uh, They're being exposed to these toxic chemicals, and it's increasing their toxic burden. They're getting sick. So you think about that. If that's causing cancer in people that aren't even – they're not even um, putting putting it in their body purposely – then think about what it's doing inside somebody's potty that uh that that's actually that's actually getting it injected or getting, right. getting it exposed to it. So because um, these so treatments major problems. aren't specific. You know, they're not specific yeah. like only going after the cancer cells. So you're just poisoning exactly. and weakening the entire body and hoping right. that you come back from that weakened state. And um, you know, there was that report on ABC News that um there are at least one in four cancer-related deaths that have been sped up or caused by chemotherapy. So yep. it's not being irresponsible to say I'm going to just um, choose to follow, you know, a natural way of healing. It's not irresponsible. It is, you know, possibly um, very smart, as you said. Maybe not in every case, but. Um, you know, the body knows how to heal, and you said it yourself, we have to get out of the way. And everyone is developing cancer cells just as a process of living, right? So how, you know, how how does that factor in? Because people think they're just like dodging a bullet. You know, I just haven't gotten any. You all have cancer cells. So what are you doing to stop them from proliferating and becoming a tumor, I guess, right? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, we're all developing you know, anywhere between 100 to 10,000 cancer cells or more every single day. It's a byproduct of metabolism. So we're all developing them naturally, a good and coordinated immune system along with um, just a non-toxic environment and a strong antioxidant defense system around the cells is your protection. That will hunt out, the immune system will hunt out, regulate, destroy abnormal cells. The stronger your antioxidant defense system the less cancer cells are going to develop in your body. So loading up on antioxidant-rich foods, doing things like burst training and getting good sleep. So the right type of exercise along with good sleep helps boost your internal antioxidant defense systems. Um, having a healthy spine and nerve system, and that's where you know chiropractic really comes in, helps boost your endogenous or the, the, in, the antioxidants that are created within the cell helps produce stronger endogenous antioxidants that protect the DNA. So healthy nerve supply, the right type of exercise, burst training, good sleeping habits, critical as well as the nutrition. And Aaron, if we do have some time, I can uh, also talk about a couple of the supplements that I use for people with um, advanced cancers. Yeah, I I just I like to circle back because I know when I listen to your radio show on iTunes, I like writing like a mad woman to get the notes because you think fast and we don't um, always absorb all the information as quickly. So I'm going to go back and say a few things that you said. And um, if you want to expand on them, that'd be good. So you were talking about, you know, we have to have balance in some critical areas like mental balance and you talked about fear being destructive. Um, And there's, you know, a physiological reason for that, and it's called cortisol. You know, when you're stressed and not sleeping well, uh, you're going to be secreting this hormone that actually suppresses um, the way your immune system works. And not only does that make us, you know, store fat, but it also allows tumors, you know, to grow and proliferate. 
So fear is destructive to health. It's not just making you, uh, you know, your stress can come from work or finances or relationships, or it can be a physical stress, like, you know, running an hour on the treadmill. That's very stressful to the body. So do you want to say anything else about cortisol that I mentioned there? Yeah. Yeah, so cortisol, when cortisol is elevated in our body, it's going to increase blood sugar. So basically, you know, if, we, if we're constantly increasing blood sugar, then we're going to, again, feed the cancer. And cortisol should naturally be regulated. We should have a little bit higher in the morning. That gives us energy in the morning. But it should stabilize. And for most people, they just have large increases and then sharp declines. And it causes these energy imbalances. And, uh, you know, high cortisol, just like you said, Aaron, very destructive, accelerates the aging process and, uh, and damages our system. So we've got to keep that under control. And that's called caring for ourselves. And a lot of times I bet we see, you know, people come down with illnesses, even cancer, as their, you know, stress is up, they're caring for somebody else, you know, and it's the the thing about being the caregiver, you still have to take care of yourself. So then you mentioned number two after mental balance was blood sugar balance, and we talked a lot about that and the foods, you said we need to stop eating, you know, grains, bread, bagels, rice, quinoa, white potatoes, french fries, chips, if we want to be well and operate in this lower blood sugar area. And not only is that good for starving um, cancer cells, but it's good for our brain. The brain prefers, you know, the ketones that come from eating that way as a preferred fuel source. Um, But I just want to mention last summer in June, I interviewed Dr. Colin Champ, who is the caveman doctor, um, and he is an oncologist. And we went into, you know, quite a half hour on this topic alone of blood sugar balance and the ketogenic diet. So if you go on iTunes um, and put plug in my name, Erin Chamberlick, and look back around June, you'll find uh, the caveman doctor's interview and that's powerful because that's an oncologist using the ketogenic diet uh, to for people with brain cancer and other kinds of cancer. Um, so that just you know underscores what you know Dr. Jockers is doing and what he's saying. And and then Dr. Champ mentioned Eugene Fine, uh, MD out of New York, that he was you know the, the finally waking up going what's this connection between the pet scans and cancer cells gobbling up this sugar and so they're all working on treating cancer patients with a low carb diet um and besides that you know there's metabolic benefits like you know if you have belly fat you know you are probably eating too many carbs and having too much stress in your life so um can you talk about fatty acid balance in relation to cancer and what you talk about we should eat the good fats but talk about the ones we should avoid too yeah absolutely so you know when it comes to fats we've been lied to to believe that saturated fat cholesterol these things are bad for us really the key with fats is having a healthy omega-6 to omega-3 balance so really we should have about a one-to-one two-to-one ratio omega-6 to omega-3 for healthy cell function High omega-6, or really omega-6 in general, um, helps stimulate something called arachidonic acid and certain prostaglandins, certain um, cellular messengers that 
that stimulate inflammation. And to a degree, inflammation is healthy, but in our society, we're battling with chronic inflammation. And so we want to keep these things under control. The average American has somewhere around a 25 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. That is extremely dangerous. To walk around every single day like that, that's disease building every moment that they're walking. And this is what most Americans are walking around with. Most children are being born now because mom has a high omega-6 to 3 level. So most kids are being born already with that, giving them a genetic disadvantage from the start. You know, I always say when uh, when children are di- you know, when, when we find out, you know, little Jimmy, four years old, has, you know, brain cancer or leukemia or something like that, most people in society, they wonder, they're like, is there really a God? Like, why? how would God allow this child to have this terminal cancer? Well, you know, it's not God's fault. It's unfortunately bad societal habits, bad lifestyle habits that have given this child a genetic disadvantage right from the start. He never even had a chance. And so we've got to get high-quality omega-3s, and we want to get rid of the omega-6s. So where are the omega-6s coming from? They're coming from primarily grain-fed Cattle um, is probably one of the major sources. So meat and dairy, got to be from 100% grass-fed cows. That's so critical. We want to get our eggs as much as possible organic and and ideally pasture-fed, eating the more grass the animals eat, the more omega-3 fatty acids they're going to get. We want to avoid vegetable oils like canola oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, uh, corn oil, you know, there was an article that I read a couple of years ago. It was a great article. It's called "We're Being Corned to Death," and that's what's happening. Corn is so high in omega-6 fats, and uh, you know, you got corn oil and everything. And so, we want to really be careful. We, we, you know, you really don't want to buy salad dressings at stores. A lot of people think they're doing, they're they're eating healthy when they buy a salad at a restaurant. And you know, I definitely would. Uh, would agree that salad's probably one of the better choices when you're at a restaurant. However, you want to be careful what kind of dressing they're using. Typically, they're using very high omega-6 oils, cheap corn oils, soybean oils, that um, just cause massive inflammatory damage in the body and set you up for, you know, we talked about having a strong antioxidant defense system. That's impossible when you have high omega-6 to 3 ratio. So you're setting yourself up for cancer and other chronic inflammatory diseases when you're consuming those things. Right. And, you know, we've been lied to. (laughs) We were told to be healthy. We should eat those pretty yellow vegetable oils on the grocery store shelves. And not only are they messing up our fat ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, which wrecks your cell membrane so that things don't work right, but they're genetically modifying corn, soy, and canola, you know, somewhere close to 70, 80, 90% of, um, of it. So everything that's on the grocery store shelf in the middle aisles, it's got that in it. If you're going to eat at Burger King, the French fries were made in one of those oils, and then they become trans fats. And not only does, you know, your burger, fries, and a shake uh, turn into almost one and a half cups of sugar, you've just fed, you know, probably every one of those random cancer cells in you. So we've been lied to thinking that if we're eating a burger, fries, and a shake, that we're eating food, and it's not food, it's not cooked right, the animals aren't raised right, those are grain-fed animals who are sick and fed antibiotics, 
and it's not nourishing our body. So we've got to get back to food the way God created it. If you can imagine it growing and it had a mother and it was raised properly and fed the way, you know, it was intended, nature intended, then, you know, getting closer to <laughs> a healthy diet. So we have um, just a few minutes left. So you did want to mention some supplements. Maybe you should jump over there real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some supplements that are extremely powerful for reducing inflammation. And inflammation is really, you know, our, our enemy in the, in this game, I guess you could say. So we're not necessarily trying to kill cancer cells. We're really just trying to reduce inflammation in general. And if we reduce inflammation, we're, we're getting rid of the environment that would promote the cancer cells. It's kind of like um, if you're if you're trying to get rid of rats, rather than just spraying rat poison everywhere, you want to clean up the trash. You want to get rid of the fuel that the rats are looking for. And so it's the same thing with the cancer cells. So a couple major major components, and we definitely want to rebuild the gut, so different so probiotics to stabilize the gut, optimizing vitamin D levels. Um, there's a, another really powerful antioxidant that I like to use, especially with brain cancer patients, but really I've just been using it with all my cancer patients. It's called astaxanthin, and uh, it's actually uh, the pink color that gives salmon. It's what gives salmon their pink color and their super strength. Salmon are such a strong species of fish. They swim upstream, and they're able to literally jump out of the out of the water system, right? And so they, they've got this amazing strength, and that has to do with healthy omega-6 to 3 levels in their cell and the high level of astaxanthin. So I use that. Um, I use typically Do you have a brand milligrams. that you like? Um, you I use brand? the uh, Dr. Mercola brand. Uh, that's what I've been using. That's what I sell in my office. Um, that, along with Wobe enzyme, which is a Garden of Life supplement. It's systemic enzymes. And these systemic enzymes, you've got to take them on an empty stomach or they'll act like digestive enzymes. But basically, these pancreatic enzymes will break down inflammatory agents and abnormal cells in our body. It almost acts like a natural chemotherapy agent. And the reason why is that these enzymes, enzymes we use in our body for every metabolic function, and what they do is they'll break down fibrotic plaque um, so people with heart disease, they can help clear out our arterial beds um, by breaking down fibrotic plaque. Um, they, they reduce levels of C-reactive protein, which is commonly found in uh, people with high levels of C-reactive protein. means the body's chronically inflamed. We see that with people with heart disease. Oftentimes people with cancer have high C-reactive protein levels. So the systemic enzymes are very, very powerful for breaking down, destroying abnormal cell development. So if we can starve out the cancer by getting rid of its fuel and then reduce inflammation, chronic inflammation is coming from poor blood sugar balance, uh, environmental toxins, gut damage to the, to the gut lining, so we get the probiotics in there, uh, low vitamin D, that will cause inflammation, so we optimize the vitamin D. Then we just super load with antioxidants. And like I said, one of my favorites is the astaxanthin um, as a supplement. And then we bring in the Wobenzyme just as a an, an agent to help just go out and hunt out the cancer cells. And so that, along with your body's immune system, um, gives you really the best natural chance to destroying the cancer, getting well naturally. And, uh, you know, I've really been fortunate enough to see uh, this happen many times. I mean, these people are able to get well. Um, you know, without chemotherapy, without radiation, without any of that stuff, 
just by following this sort of protocol. And again, last but not least, just like I started, this isn't this isn't the cure to cancer. It's not. Um, we're not walking around talk, telling everybody that we that we uh, cure cancer or that we even really treat cancer. But instead, we're not looking necessarily at the disease. We're st- we're just focusing on maximizing function, giving this person the best chance to heal and function at their peak level. And we just have the understanding that when they're functioning at their peak, that their body will do the job. Their body is what will heal and cure the cancer. It's it's uh, you know it's it's not by my hands. Um, and it's not by a supplement. It's really the body doing what it was designed to do. Now, I know people um, are, you know, writing down astaxanthin and wobenzyme. And what do you think about high-dose vitamin C or, like, selenium? Or the, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do, curcumin, um, which, you know, is in turmeric, but I know there's also people who take it as a supplement, um, there's just so many things. If you read, you know, you'll come across. And um, yes. what should we try? And you know, where should we go yeah. with that? Well, I definitely, I don't, I'm not a big fan of supplementing with with turmeric. But what I do like to do is use it in a lot of foods. And on top of that, I like to use the Beyond Organic Terrain Turmeric or Sacred Herbs Turmeric. Or I'm sorry, Sacred Herbs Terrain, which has the turmeric and the holy basil in it um, for my cancer people. So I'll, I'll tell them to use those. The organic acids help help with the gut. So we're addressing the gut. We're also reducing inflammation and providing just mega doses of curcuminoids, which help destroy, you know, basically help regulate cancer cell development as well. Um, high dose vitamin C can definitely be done. Um, I personally, I don't use that in my, in my treatment protocols. Um, and so we've had great results, but it can definitely be done. Um, you can do a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of people use baking soda um, and different things like that. Um, and so there's there's a lot of different strategies to help the body heal. And so I've just I just use what uh, what I've been using and what seems to work with um, with my strategies. And and just remember that all these things are in real food, like a sunflower seed. Mm-hmm. If you just eat a cup, a quarter cup of that. Um, you're getting vitamin E, selenium, magnesium, manganese, tryptophan, B vitamins. And, you know, vitamin E um, is, you know, reducing the risk of cancer. So you don't need a vitamin E pill if you're eating a diet variety of, you know, vegetables mostly, a little bit of fruit, um, you know, especially colorful berries, uh, seeds and nuts. And you know avocados, grapes—not uh, grapes, um, <laughs> olives. But you know sunflower seeds have selenium, and that is something that uh, attacks cancer cells and repairs DNA. So we don't have to have, like you say, a handful of supplements. We need a diet that's colorful um, and rich in these healing um, compounds and antioxidants and flavonoids and. And talk about the pH uh, balance factor when we're eating and trying to beat cancer. Yeah, absolutely. pH is huge. So we know that an acidic environment is conducive to cancer growth. 
And really the reason why is, again, going back to what cancer thrives on, which is sugar. And so when our body is in sugar-burning mode, meaning we're eating grains, we're eating, you know, a lot of people will change their diet and they'll go to, they'll start making their own bread, right? That's real common out here where I'm at. A lot of these people are making their own bread and things like that. Even though they're, they're consuming healthier breads, they're still, their primary energy source is sugar because that's what the bread breaks down into. So they create an acidosis-type environment in their system. When we switch our metabolism over to really eating good fats, even though we can create a state of ketoacidosis, over time we're actually going to have more neutral pH, more alkaline pH, and then especially when we're adding tons and tons of antioxidants, drinking lots and lots of clean water, and utilizing herbs like fennel seeds. Fennel seeds are very powerful for helping alkalize the body. Using the Italian herbs, using organic acids like apple cider vinegar, the uh, the terrain products, um, fresh squeezed lemon and water. The organic acids, even though they have an acid, even though they're an acid, they actually break down and the ash, the leftover remains after they're metabolized, is alkalizing in the body. And so all of those things, by stabilizing our gut, stabilizing our blood sugar, reducing mental emotional stress, reducing physical stress on our body, we're going to create a more alkaline-based uh, bloodstream and more alkaline-based cells and tissues of our body. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. And I'll just say, you know, I try to think, what are people thinking as they're listening so, you know, besides the fact that if you're not up to speed on science and uh, nutrition science, you may be surprised to hear that we need to eat fat and these good fats that are found in, you know, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, you know, nuts, olives, eggs, grass-fed uh, beef, and dairy. So they're like, but wait, I heard a study that, you know, red meat gives me cancer or milk drinkers get cancer. So why don't we close with a few thoughts around that? If you could clarify meat and dairy, does it cause cancer yeah. or is it healing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a, you know, it's a great question. And beef can either be the, the best thing, same thing with dairy. It can either be the best thing you put in your body or one of the worst things you put in your body. And it really all depends upon what the animal is consuming. So when the animal eats grains, just like all mammals, we don't digest them well. So we end up becoming very acidic, toxic, inflamed. So the cows do as well. And so they become real acidic, toxic, and inflamed. When we eat the meat, that's what we're doing. You know, we're consuming very, very toxic, high omega-6 fats. We're just literally inflaming our whole body. Same thing when we, when we, when we uh, drink the milk right, or the dairy products from grain-fed cows, extremely inflammatory. However, when you have 100% grass-fed, meaning you know, no grains at any point in their life, now you've got the optimal ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. You've got, you've got antioxidants in there like carnosine, um, that are extremely powerful for protecting the DNA, uh, very, very powerful for a healthy body. And so now when we eat the meat, when we eat the dairy, particularly when the dairy is fermented, um, now we're bringing in extremely high-quality nutrients and de-inflaming our body and giving us the best possible chance to destroy cancer cells and really thrive in life. Amen. So the central message to everything that you and I do is, you know, we need to take care of our bodies. We need to 
not wait until we feel bad because cancer cells grow quietly in the background and cannot be detected with all the scans and mammograms and things until uh, the tumor is way gone too far. And it could take seven or more years for it to show up and be detectable. So assume you have a problem if you've been eating the standard American diet and don't listen to um, the talking heads that tell you to eat uh, grains of like a bowl of cereal with you know, pasteurized milk, a banana, and a glass of juice. That's turning into loads and loads of sugar in your body and is fueling the cancer cells, those rogue cells. We want to nip them uh, and, and have a great immune system. If we eat a breakfast that we're told to eat by you know, these agencies, um, that breakfast is turning into a cup of sugar, cereal, milk, banana, and juice. So you want to avoid that and eat your pasteurized eggs and good um, you know, pasteurized animal meats, loads of vegetables, especially the cruciferous uh, sprouts, you know, lightly steam your veggies, and throw on some lemon juice onto anything you can, squeeze it into your water. Um, go for the uh, raw apple cider vinegar or the terrain, which is uh, along those same lines. And, you know, ferment your own. You can't buy that sauerkraut on the grocery store shelf because it's not truly beneficial, like if you make your own. So, Dr. Jackers, where can people get more of you? Where can they contact you? I think you do consultations over the phone or long distance or Skype and as well as out of your Georgia office. Yeah, sure do. Uh, they can go to my website, drjockers, D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S.com. Uh, where they can find tons of articles and, and information there. And they can also like me on Facebook, Dr. David Jockers on Facebook. And if you go to iTunes, then yeah. what's your show called? It's something it's like... It's called Supercharge. Um, yeah, it's called Supercharge Your Health. And so you can find us on iTunes as well and listen to my radio show there. Yeah, and sign up for your newsletter and get your book when it comes out. That's and, right, um, exactly. you must never rest because you are cranking out all this great material, and I love it, and I'm learning, you know, from you, and I appreciate, you know, all the work that you do, um, and, you know, you do a lot of community education, and and we know, you know, we're not really paid for, you know, this just random education through podcasts and newsletters, but... But we do it because we're passionate. We want to help people. So I thank you for your passion and for your hard work. And I just, uh, you know, wish you well and lots of success down the road. Thanks a lot, Erin. It was a great honor to be on your show today. Thank you. I hope to see you back in our area for another class soon. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Dr. Jockers, drjockers.com. And if you're interested in um, my podcast uh, archives, I mentioned the one from June with Dr. Colin Champ. Um, you can also go to iTunes and search under my name, Erin Chamerlick. And I do have a podcast on one of the nutrients Dr. Jockers mentioned, which is Astaxanthin. I interviewed um, the company uh, Nutrex Hawaii, and that is uh, one of the premier sources as well as drmercola.com offers uh, premier supplements, too, in that area. 
And if you're interested in really raw cheese, the cultured dairy, grass-fed beef, and sprouted snacks that are grain-free, um, then visit Suero, S-U-E-R-O dot mybeyondorganic.com and visit my website and sign up for my newsletter at getbetterwellness.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.